0: welcome to Board Game Famous, the perfect board game podcast to listen to while you wait through other players' turns. I'm your host, David, and I'm joined as always with my co-host, Michael. Howdy, howdy. How was that for a joke?
1: If I wasn't muted, you would have heard me laughing.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, it's hard to come up with clever intros all the time.
1: <laughs> well, I've done it 16 times. Well, sorry, 15 times. <laughs> one, of, one of those was a repeat on accident. <laughs>
0: Well, let's start, as always, with, hey, Michael, what you been playing?
1: Well, I've played a few games, and two of those games I'm going to talk about in other sections, uh, so you might get an idea of what kind of games those are. But I'll talk about the remainder game that I also played in the past week since we've last recorded, and that is the nice cooperative party game Just One. That won the uh, Spiel a couple years back, I think. It won the Spiel or Kinderspiel? Oh, it never won the Kender. Kender's for little kids. Well, let me look it up. We have the power of technology. <laughs> yeah, 2019 Spiel des Jahres winner, which I guess means it's a great game. <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> so the fun thing about Just One, cooperative party game, is there's a person who has to guess a word, and everybody else sees this word, and they must write down a single word clue On a, uh, you know, just like a whiteboard with a marker. And then before the person who has to guess sees all the clues, all the people, all the clue givers compare the clues that they're giving and any repeated clues must be erased. So you can only use clues that are used just one time. And then after that's done, then the guesser gets to look at all the remaining clues and guess the word. So that nice that nice little uh mix up right there where if someone repeats the clue uh then you can't use it that that is, I love that mechanic because sometimes you're just thinking I like oh man this clue is super obvious. Uh, I can't use that and then nobody uses an obvious clue. <laughs> you're left <laughs> with <laughs> you're left
0: with a bunch of absurd obtuse things. <laughs> I remember we played this online at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was trying to guess the song Kung Fu Fighting, and all I had was, like, pandas
1: and music. <laughs> yeah. One of the words that I had to guess, and I can't even remember the other clues that I was given, but I can remember this one clue that I was given. And I was just looked at it, and I was like, what? And the clue was nerdy, and the word I was supposed to guess was Club. Because apparently this person thought that clubs were super nerdy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they go to very different clubs. <laughs> yeah. I say as if I go to clubs.
1: <laughs> he was he was thinking more like high school clubs, like you're on the chess club or. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. It was just like I, I. It makes sense, but I didn't. I didn't get it. It was. It was really funny.
0: I really like Just One because it's a nice twist on the genre. There are a lot of, there are a lot of party games where you tr- try and write down a clue or a word that fits a category that are competitive. And, oh, everybody reveals their answers. And, oh, no, you're the same thing as me, so we don't get points this round. This is when you match somebody in Just One, since it's a cooperative game, it's more damaging because it's not—it's oh, bad
1: for everyone. It's bad for
0: everyone, and it's so funny because you'll think you've written a far-out there word that's like, "Oh, I've written this obscure thing," and somebody else, when somebody else matches you on that, it's absolutely hysterical.
1: Yeah, try describing a guillotine without writing the word "head." All right. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? A couple of us did. We, we wrote, all wrote "head." head. <laughs> If you describe it as French, guess how many other things are French, (laughs) alright? Baguettes, the Eiffel Tower, alright? France, France is French. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you get into situations like that that are pretty funny. (laughs) My board gaming group usually plays something lighter, and the nice thing about Just One is... As we were waiting for people to show up, you know, people just show up and you just hand them a whiteboard. It's like, oh, you're now playing. <laughs> oh, it's so easy to drop in and drop out of that game. Oh, yeah, you can explain the rules in like 30 seconds. It's like you're going to see a clue on a card and you're going to need, uh, well, you're going to see a word on a card and you need to write a clue for that on your whiteboard. There, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, But yeah, I'll get to the, I'll get to the other games later. So I guess, uh, David, what have, what have you been playing? Well, after recording
0: our last podcast our game of the Fortnite was Champions of Midgard and after after you not shutting up about it for 10 to 15 minutes straight I uh, really wanted to get it to the table again. So, Ellen and I played Champions of Midgard, the nice nice worker placement game and it made me this play of Champions of Midgard really made me appreciate the fact that I did not give it a board game famous gold star. Is that because you lost? It's not because I lost. I did lose poorly. I lost by quite a bit. Uh, it is a. I can't. Under, I can't understate the size of the champions of Midgu- uh, Midgard board. It is larger than your average board. Ellen beat me by an entire side of the board on the score track. Granted, it was the short side, but still, she was. All the way around two corners from me. Oh, jeez. Uh, no, the reason I didn't I didn't have a good time with this one is... Uh, when you fight the monsters in this, you're rolling dice. And dice tend to hate me. I'm, I'm a very unlucky player, so I tend to stick to Euro strategic games that don't have any dice. Uh, especially... Or if they have dice, they're not for rolling. S- so I went into a monster battle, and I spent every single chip that uh, would let me re-roll dice. I had five or six of them at the start, and I didn't roll a single hit. Oh, no. I think I calculated the odds of, like, one in 312. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, so that's that's Noah's uh, Bueno. So I, I just glared at that game. It was still a good time. Uh, I still really liked the game, but I was just like, yeah, you don't
1: deserve the the, the gold star for that. Well, How does the saying go? If you can't handle a mirror trash at its worst, you, you don't deserve <laughs> you don't. a mirror trash at its best?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> I can definitely handle it at its best, so I guess that means I don't deserve it. <laughs> and then after that, I played another worker placement game. It's my favorite mechanism, so I have quite a few worker placement games in my collection. I played a game called Cytosis from Genius Games. And... They make science-based board games where they uh, find something, uh, something in science, some theme in science. Cytosis is specifically about the operations inside a single cell. And they turn it into a board game. And one of the fascinating things about this company is they always have a booklet in their boxes that explain the science behind all the, all the game mechanics and some of the game mechanics that are implemented are a little bit to the detriment of the game itself because they're following science too rigidly. But I find Cytosis to be a fun and interesting worker placement game. Um, yeah, this is just this is just a solid game. Um, you're doing the functions of a cell, collecting resources, and it's a rare thematic euro that I really get into the theme of. Uh, this is the only game where I call the resources by their actual thing. Uh, normally for like, oh, it's just wood, wheat, lumber, or whatever. It's like, oh, give me a gray cube, give me a black cube. This is the only game where I'm like, oh, I'd like some mRNA, some protein, and some glucose.
1: Is this because you had to take Orgo in college?
0: Uh, it's more biology-related. It's it's not because of that. This is just a really good game.
1: To be fair, in the major, my major... Um, all my stuff
0: is dead. So. <laughs> let me let's rephrase that. It was never alive.:
1: <laughs> It was never alive. still isn't alive. It's <laughs> so i just I just think, oh, oh yeah, i I love using all these biology terms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to take organic chemistry one and two, but it, it it's more biology than chemistry.
1: That's fair, that's fair.
0: This is one of the games that uh, I actually won this week. Ellen and I are currently battling it out for uh, who's got a higher win percentage. I'm keeping track of uh, all the games I've played this year. I did the math. I have to play a new game once every three days to play my entire collection this year. And I'm way ahead of schedule right now, which is nice.
1: You you board game nerd. What,
0: What? Yeah. So that's what I've been playing this week.
1: Oh hey, David! I I know another game that you have played that uh that that fits perfectly in uh... the road to the 100. Oh yeah. <laughs> so this past week, David upgraded to premium to a premium account. Uh, that's right. I'm flush with cash. <laughs> <laughs> it's all those ad this it's all those ad dollars we've been getting. Still, we still don't run ads. <laughs> but yeah, he got a premium account on uh Board Game Arena, boardgamearena.com, which it- opens up a wide variety of games to us now that he got it. It's, it is a great
0: resource to play some board games online, a lot of them for free, and like Michael was saying, I got that premium account to get the access to the entire library, and quite a few of the top 100 are in there. And which one did we play from the top 100? I sent out a message on our Discord to try and play with some listeners, and we got a group of four of us to play Roll for the Galaxy by Tom Lehman, and who was the other designer? Wei Wah Huang. I hope I did that justice. This is a follow-up to uh, Race for the Galaxy, where you're, in, where you're choosing phases. and In Race for the Galaxy, you're choosing phases and playing cards. In Roll for the Galaxy, you have a cup of dice that have action symbols on them with the five, five associated actions in the game. You're either exploring, settling planets, building developments, uh, producing goods, or shipping those goods. And you roll your dice and you're trying to see what you can get. And on your, behind your screen, you choose one of the five actions that you desperately need to take that round. And then everybody reveals their screens and we take only the actions that people selected. So this is a clever little dice game where you have to try and guess what your opponents are going to do correctly to get the best benefit out of it while selecting actions that you think will not help anybody else how did you feel about this game
1: or hoping that your opponents will choose actions that you need
0: (laughs) (laughs) because there are times where you need way more than one action
1: yeah so like like david said every single round you choose one of the five actions that you want to do you commit to one action and that action will happen that round and all the other players do the same yeah that action will happen that round for everybody for everybody for everybody but you guarantee you're picking one action and you're guaranteed that's going to happen it's going to happen for everybody and all the other players are doing the same so there's five actions that can be picked you don't know what the other people are picking and you're going to pick one action that you want to do based on what dice you rolled what what's going on with your planets or other uh, things that you have. So, you may want to do one action really bad, but it would be perfect if another player just picked another action that you also really want to do. It would be a perfect turn if they picked that. And you reveal and nobody picked it. <laughs> so... <laughs> and you guys can pick the same action whenever you reveal and so- someone has also picked that action. That's less actions you get to do this turn, so... <laughs> How did, yeah. you, how, how so did we, you feel about this game? We played a couple games. Two very, very different feeling games.
0: Yeah, one one was a long, drawn-out, high-scoring game, and the other one you rushed, in, rushed into game just to see if the game... Well, it felt like you were tra- testing to see if the game was uh, dynamic.
1: The game ends when a player has built their 12th tile. You'll finish that round, and then the game's over. Or whenever you run out of victory point tokens... But I was seeing what it was like to do a, a tile rush, trying to just build as many tiles as quickly as possible, because tiles are points. Yeah, so tiles are points, so that, that was the one thing. That played very differently, and the first game that we played uh, was more resource generation, using the planets that we had for generating resources and shipping resources and getting points from that. More economical. So it seems like there's uh, a various various ways to play. I re- I really enjoyed it. I would definitely need to play it a few more times. I, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but playing games on board game arena feel very different from playing games in person due to the spatialness, the spatial aspect of board games. Is, so that, in,
0: is that a space joke? Because we're doing Roll for the Galaxy? It is now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Accidentally clever. <laughs> You pick an action that you want to do. You hope that other players will pick actions that you also want to do. That way you get to have a a really good turn. That's not done in the dark. You can look at other people's player boards and see... Get get kind of an idea of what they want to do. For example, if someone has a bunch of resources just sitting on their planets, you can feel pretty confident that they're going to want to ship and so you don't necessarily want to take the ship action. It's a little bit of a risk, but, you know, that's that. On Board Game Arena, I find it hard to keep track of what everybody else is doing. I imagine that if I were to play this game in person, and we're sitting around a nice square around table, uh, and everybody had their things out, it would be a lot easier to glance and look at everything. Um, I know I've been beating around the bush a lot I really like the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Um I don't necessarily agree that all of the games on Board Game Arena uh are affected by the issues that you're describing with not being around an actual table, but it is very obvious for Roll for the Galaxy. This is definitely one that it works on the online platform, but it's definitely gonna be better in person.
1: I'm I'm really glad that we uh Played it a couple times because the first game I didn't pay attention to what the hell you guys were doing at all. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out what the hell I was doing.
0: <laughs> and I also really enjoyed Roll for the Galaxy. So I was complaining about the dice in Champions of Midgard. In Roll for the Galaxy, there are some clever, though not necessarily intuitive, rules that allow you for that that allow you to do some dice manipulation. For example, when you select an action that you're going to take, you select that action with a die. Any die that you want. Doesn't matter what die face is on it. If you want to explore, take any die, put it on explore, that's now an explore die. So you're you're never completely shut out of what you want to do for the round. Additionally, you can basically get rid of a die for the round to change another one to a die face that you want. So there were several, I think I used that ability every single round i always made sure that i had a bonus face somewhere on the board
1: and the nice thing about that is you have that power from the beginning there are there are tiles that you gain you can gain throughout the game that give you a greater variety of ways to manipulate your dice but the fact that you have Something to manipulate your dice from the very beginning is a very good design choice. And I felt like I felt
0: like it was enough. I never got an additional die manipulation power. I never did because it was it was enough. I I was having fun puzzling out my my Yahtzee roll behind my screen, and that was the one thing that I really enjoyed behind the game. We're all commiserating on. Well, I got a weird roll. <laughs>
1: Can't wait to lift my screen and show you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so ha- having having that option there definitely takes the lo- takes the edge off of any luck or frustration you may have uh and makes it more economy frustration. It gives you, it, <laughs> it gives you a tool t- for adaptation. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I I like I like uh, in board games where you you have to adapt to how the situation changes throughout it. As long as you have tools to adapt. And that's a nice tool to adapt in this board game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I had, I had a really good time with it. Like you were saying earlier, trying to predict what other people um, were doing is a big part of this game. And it, it hurts itself by being online. That's probably true. But uh, there were several times that I was purposefully looking down at other people's player boards. And picking actions based on what I thought other players were going to do. And that was a really fun part of the game for me trying to figure out what everybody else was going to do and picking my action accordingly. I don't think it ever worked. I think it always blew up in my face. But That's the person who won the game. <laughs> I did. I did win both times, didn't I? <laughs> you
1: won the game in a tiebreaker, so... <laughs> hey, it counts. <laughs> do you think it deserves its spot in the top 100? I've played some board games in my days. Uh <laughs> And so this game is about 8 years old now, I believe And I think it's just fun I think there are a lot of different ways to play the game Based on the two times I've played, I've played around with it a little bit I think there's a nice variety of it I don't think uh, there's a singular strategy to win I think it's a lot of fun it's not too weighty. The weightiest thing is understanding all the symbols on all the cards and the dice. <laughs> oh, it's not It's not nearly as bad as Race for the Galaxy. Race for the
0: Galaxy is like learning another language.
1: It's just, th- that is the biggest barrier to entry on Roll for the Galaxy. It's just getting used to all the symbology. <laughs> but that's it. That's but true. it's not that bad. I really like automated, how it's automated on BGG. <laughs> but uh no, no really fun i think it i think it really does i would like to play it again sometime yeah that'd be great
0: uh but maybe not too soon because we got a bunch in the top 100 still to go next we're going to talk about the game of the Fortnite. the game that we think that should be held above all others at least for the next two weeks and this week we're talking about eric m lang's masterpiece blood rage This is the first in Eric Lang's mythology trilogy, area control, fighting it out with giant Norse monsters, and we have some very differing opinions on this. We've talked about Blood Rage quite a bit on this podcast. Uh, Michael, I believe you got to play it recently. uh, Why don't you tell me your feelings on it? Have they changed over time?
1: I believe you are wearing your heart on your sleeve by the way that you uh, introduced that game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> using the word masterpiece. So if if you're if if you're getting your feelings out quite early, I I think I will go ahead and get my feelings out early. I think the game is good, not great.
0: <laughs> Woof.
1: <laughs> I I don't think it's a masterpiece. Having played two of the three in the mythology trilogy from Lang, I would say that my favorite is still probably Rising Sun. I had my issues playing this game years ago. Area control, lots of fun. And whenever I first saw it, it has... You have all these nice figurines that you place onto the board, and then you battle your opponent's figurines for control of all these different territories, as you do in area control games. And the cool part is, you have these massive monsters that you can add to your team, trolls, sea monsters, etc. All kinds of mythological creatures that can join your Viking army as you fight in the lands around Yggdrasil everything- in Mannheim, Jotheim, Alfheim. Everything you're
0: saying, everything you're saying makes this ga- game sound very exciting. Except for maybe
1: the geography lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Theming-wise, it's very good because, you know, it's, it's all about Ragnarok. You're fighting at the end of the days during Ragnarok, uh, and the territories are slowly getting destroyed around you. And it's just, you're improving your army strength, you're improving your economy, you got all these good mechanics... So you got this board where everyone's fighting, and then you got all these... You can upgrade your troops. you can, You got a leader that's really cool that you can also upgrade. You can recruit monsters. you got all these cool abilities that you can add. Um, the phases have nice pacing. And I'm giving this a lot of praise, but here's the rub. And some of you listeners might write in with your opinions about it. Please write because in with your... Maybe I-
0: Please write in with your opinions about it. We've only received one email so far.
1: <laughs> you, you can forward all opinions to boardgamefamous at gmail.com. That's boardgamefamous at gmail.com. Uh feel 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 free to call me a scrub. Whatever. I don't I don't care. I don't know you. <laughs> Unless I do know you, Stuart. Don't email <laughs> but my biggest gripe about this game is that there are multiple strategies to play this game but every single time that i have played the same strategy wins and this this strategy is called the loki strategy and it gets its name from a lot of the cards ability cards that you can get they are titled Loki this, Loki That. I thought you were gonna um, say
0: I thought you were gonna say it gets its name from Tom Hiddleston.
1: <laughs> Tom Hiddleston <laughs> uh, himself bequeathed this name onto the strategy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gets its names from some ability cards that you can get. Whenever I first saw this game, I see all these nice plastic figurines. And the theme is your Viking army battling it out in the different realms surrounding Yggdrasil. In this mythological war at the end of Ragnarok. And, you know what? You're battling it out with all these cool monsters. So, my thought is, oh, if I battle the best, then I should win, right? Well, the Loki strategy is all about losing battles. Strategically losing battles. It's not... You do better when you lose more battles. And you get rewarded for losing battles and having your guys go to Valhalla. And all that kind of stuff. And every single time... I have played this game. The Loki Strat has won. And for me, I have read articles online that say, yes, there are ways to beat the Loki Strat. Okay, maybe I suck at this game. Maybe I do. (laughs) But but in a game where giant monsters fight, I would want the giant monsters to win, alright? I
0: mean... Of course the Loki strategy is going to be strong. There's a reason Loki is considered Thor's arch-rival.
1: I don't like it. I do not, theming-wise, I just do not like it. Big Monster Army beat other big Monster Army. The winner of Monster Army wins game, alright? Alright, that's
0: enough, that's enough of your gripes. It's my turn to lavish some praise
1: on it. I will give you a second. Alright, (laughs) alright. I believe I still have five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I do not yield my time. <laughs> I do not yield. I do not yield. Uh, shout out Patton Oswalt's rant on, on Parks and Rec. <laughs> I, w- um, I
0: was doing a shout out to uh, an actual senator. I don't remember her name.
1: So yeah, every single time the Loki strategy has one that just, that just doesn't do it for me. The way that you gain ability cards in this game is before each round... Well, at the beginning of each round, there's a drafting phase. The cards that allow you to do the Loki strategy, you gain during the drafting phase. So you, listener, might be sitting there saying, Oh, why don't you just take the Loki cards before someone else does? Because I don't want to hate draft, and I want to have big monsters, and I want to have good fighting fun. (laughs) (laughs) If hate drafting is the only way to prevent the Loki strategy, then... (laughs) Then what does that say about the game? Now I yield my time. (laughs) All right, that's enough
0: of your griping. Let me tell you why you're so wrong about this game. (laughs) Blood Rage is definitely great, not good. It is an amazing drafting area control game where, yes, you are drafting these cards. And yes, the Loki strategy is a little bit strong. But that means you're not hate drafting the Loki cards. They're great cards to have in your hand in all situations. Oh, but I'd rather have monsters. You can only field two monsters at a time, Michael. How many monster cards are you drafting? Probably enough. You could probably draft a Loki card to keep it safe for you. (laughs) My set is also painted, so it looks amazing on the table. Ellen painted this. She did an amazing job. We were supposed to do it together. She painted it off on her own, and I came home. She's like, look, I painted the monsters. I was like, oh, I wanted to help.
1: Wow, these look great. I can't get mad at you. I, I would like to interject. Yes. Uh, you're, you have been on record saying that your dream game is uh, completely devoid of theme, and it's strictly about mechanics. And here you are waxing about how good a homemade version. Uh, it does look really nice. Ellen, good job. Whenever you listen to this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it's not really about the theme. I find the theme a little silly in this, actually. Mainly because the currency in the game is Rage. And once you run out of rage, you can't take any actions. Even if the action is free, you're literally not angry enough to do this action right now. <laughs> That's silly, but I can really appreciate those monsters on the table. Man, they pop!
1: Monsters are great. I also think that the uh, that rule about <laughs> rage being currency is a little silly, but I do like it, and I do make sure to reiterate it very clearly. I, whenever i teach the game at the very beginning that that whenever you run out of rage you're out of actions it doesn't matter if the action's free
0: <laughs> this game gives me such a visceral feeling there's nothing like slapping a monster down on the table that's this four inch tall plastic mini just slapping it down and fear me one of my other favorite things about blood rage is you can do really well in one round and then really terribly the next round but know exactly why you messed up. You went, oh, this I shouldn't have done this. I should have taken this action instead. And that is a sign of a great game for me. Sure, I did really bad, but I can point to exactly where my mistake was. It causes it causes a bit of a bit of turmoil in the scores if you have one bad round and everyone else has three good ones. Uh another mechanism of the game. I don't typically like aggressive games, so I think Blood Rage is really stands out. As an aggressive game that I, I enjoy that that means it's incredible that means it's something i I really admire about the game. It is a fun, aggressive game each round part of the map is destroyed in Ragnarok, giving you fewer and fewer areas to fight over so you now have more and more armies being shoved into smaller and smaller areas, just making it all that more. Epic. You've got monster figures being crammed into one part of Alfheim. Thanks for the geography lesson. (laughs) I just really like this game. It's been a hot minute since I've played it.
1: I didn't hear a counter to the Loki strategy.
0: Oh, I definitely said draft Loki cards. Once everybody knows the Loki strategy is great, you want those cards. Because they're just straight up good cards. You called it hate drafting? I called you a fool. Because they are good cards to have no matter what. It's not hate drafting if they're good cards to have.
1: Yeah, so basically the winner of the game is the person who can Loki the hardest. No, that's
0: nonsense.
1: I rest my case. <laughs> that is
0: nonsense. Are you most upset about the, uh, the Loki card that steals your rage?
1: Oh, no, I'm not upset about that. I use that card.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your problem with the Loki strat then? It's, it's too powerful. It's, it's not too powerful. That is, that is like the
1: weakest of the Loki cards.
0: Oh, that one's the most fun though. The the other Loki cards just give you a couple of points for when your figures die. A couple of points.
1: You want to know how many points on the last round the winner scored from his figures ending up in Valhalla? Do you want to know how many points that the winner scored in the last round just from them ending up in Valhalla? 40. 50. I was close. 50, (laughs) 50 points. Almost one third of his total final score was just getting points. His dudes hanging out in Valhalla because people were just going rah, rah, rah on the map, fighting for other objectives, for other cards that gave him points. He's like, oh, I'm just going to hang out here and get killed. Oh, I'm just going to hang out here and get killed. Oh, I'm just going to hang out here and get killed.
0: So it sounds like you were aware of what he was doing, but didn't try and stop him. And it's your fault. It's so, easy, tried- it's so easy to see somebody doing the Loki strategy and then just not doing anything about it.
1: <laughs> whenever, whenever your thing that says you must capture this territory to get the points, and that's the only goal card that you saw.
0: You don't have to pillage it. You don't have to pillage it, and then you let them win. It's hilarious. You yeah. gotta out-Loki them. Uh, honestly... <sighs> Honestly, the Loki strategy hasn't worked in our game group in so long. Just because everybody's (laughs) aware of what's happening.
1: I don't know, man.
0: I I say so long. It's also been so long since I've played it. So, (laughs) what? Probably about two years. No, it's been just a just a little over,
1: little under a year, actually. Yeah. Well, final verdict: I'm not giving it a gold star. Well, I am. (laughs) Everyone, play Rising Sun instead. That that game does not get enough love. I'll talk about it more later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Foreshadowing. Hey, Michael, what's our next segment?
1: <laughs> our next section is Brother Banter. Because, according to the last section, we're not going to have a re- regular talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this Fortnite for Brother Banter... We're going to talk about underrated games. Yeah, there's just so many
0: great games come out that it's impossible to play them all. And a lot of the times board games fall by the wayside just because they don't give a, get enough love from, uh, I don't know, some some influencer, some nonsense garbo person who uh, gets paid to promote board games god i wish that was me uh (laughs)
1: that's the whole i wish that was i wish that was us (laughs) that's the whole point of this podcast
0: (laughs) uh there's just so many great games that come out that you can't play them all and eventually some some really good games get left by the wayside for example maybe rising sun
1: yeah, the second in the Eric M. Lang Mythology Trilogy. This is set in a mythological Japan. So similar kinds of mechanics. If you have your army, uh, there are areas around Japan that you're trying to control. And there's Loki's not involved, so there's none of that silliness. Uh, but what I really like about it, is that it has a mechanic about bluffing? Yes, I know I just decried the Loki strategy, but I much prefer the bluff mechanic in Rising Sun. I was about to say, <laughs> hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I think the subtle differences between the mechanics are better, and I think that Blood Rage gets all the love in the trilogy, and I think more people should play. Rising Sun.
0: Do you get to play a lot of games that you think are underrated? Uh, Honest, I think,
1: honestly, I think, I think most of the games I play are properly rated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would argue that since so many games come out, the average board game is probably underrated, except for maybe the ones in the top one hundred. Those are likely overrated.
1: <laughs> um. I mean. I mean, yes. But that, that gets down to a problem of anything in media, whenever there's a lot of good stuff, you're not going to be able to try it all, and that's fine. Uh, I was thinking more board games that are really good, that don't necessarily see as much light. Or hardly anyone that I know has played them. Mm-hmm. Because I play with a wide variety of people. I play with more different people on average than you do. Probably on average, On average, I play with more different people. So my definition of underrated, I'm saying that it's a good game, but it's not appreciated by other people. There's a lot of games that I know out there that are good, that I want to play, and I'm never going to get to play, because I, don't ha- I have a limited time. But it's just like, there are games that I'm just like, oh, I can't believe you've never heard of this. And for example is what is a good game that i don't think it's enough love quantum oh man that's such a great game you and i might be the only people that in my board gaming group of uh, well in my board gaming sphere of people that i play with regularly that have played that game hmm. and i i uh bring it up every once in a while i was like oh hey have you guys heard of quantum and they're like no, what's that? It's like, oh, it's a uh, spaceship dice manipulation battle game. <laughs> <And> they're <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and I was like, did I stutter?
0: <laughs> it doesn't help that Quantum has been out of print for quite a number of years now. Uh, oh, so it, it, th-
1: that, that that definitely does not help. <laughs> it's
0: hard to get a copy of it, but we were singing the praises of Board Game Arena on there. Quantum is free to
1: play online. Yeah. And so that that to me is an underrated game. I think mechanically it is very sound. I think it has a really good skill curve. Obviously, I think you would agree because of your ascension through the ladder at one point.
0: <laughs> uh, so,
1: I, I, I when mm-hmm. I got my board game arena
0: account, the first thing I did was to check my quantum rating because at one time uh, I was rated in the top twenty on that website uh not to brag but uh definitely to brag i uh, it's definitely the board game that i am the best at <laughs> hands down if you ask me what go- what what board game am i the best at it's quantum i play with handicaps against my friends
1: because yeah. i'm just that good at it it is completely devoid of fluff <laughs> <laughs> but in a fun way
0: uh. It's pure, I, I think it's pure mechanisms.
1: <laughs> it's pure mechanisms in a way that I think would be enjoyable for a lot of people whenever they first play it. And they can develop that enjoyment from there on. So I think, I think that's another example of an underrated game. So maybe a game that I think is underrated, but I actually see on store shelves that I don't really see anyone play. Uh, is the game that I'm undefeated at which is Gizmos (laughs) uh, which is one of my favorite engine builder games Uh, I did I went through a phase where I was playing a bunch of different engine builders I still really like the board game mechanic of engine builders where you gain some kind of resource or some kind of card that allows you to take an action that gets you more resources or more cards or and so on and so forth and it compounds and blah 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 and you Build up speed like an engine. (laughs) There's something about that that game that just clicked with me compared to all other engine games. And I don't know anyone else who owns it. I do see it on the store shelves, so I guess it sells. It it
0: was popular enough to get a second edition. It's got a fancy plastic marble dispenser in the fancy in the second edition but i've never seen anybody play the second edition i've got the first edition which is just cardboard and that works really well it is a good game i really enjoy gizmos
1: yeah but in the conversation of engine builders i'm i'm surprised that gizmos is not brought up more
0: yeah it's it's a little bit more complicated than splendor and splendor or uh, century spice road are cons- i think are considered the two really the guardians of gateway engine builders and i think gizmos should be up, should be up there
1: yeah so i would i would say that those three are my top underrated games good games go play them if you get the chance uh not talked about enough
0: one one of the reasons that i wanted to talk about this this topic in general was because i couldn't understand why nobody likes the game Fool's Gold. um It's except for the few copies that we've purchased. Like one of my friends bought it on sale, like deep discount, and he got it for like seven dollars. And it's a it's a pretty big size board game. Is about I'm trying to describe the mechanics. It's set collection with a little bit of push your luck, uh, which I normally don't like. This game does the push your luck in a great way. You're trying to collect gold and gems from five different locations, and uh, each gold you collect is worth a point. However, the location you get the most gold from is considered fool's gold and is worth nothing. So you need to make sure that you're collecting gold at roughly the same rate from all five locations, but all five locations don't have the same amount of gold in them. So you're fighting over the right times to go visit these locations, uh, you're fighting for turn order of the year's bounty of gold. You're a bunch of miners trying to get into the, the hills, the mountains, the forest, the river, and the lake. It's just, it's just a fun little set collection game. It, I know it's not very popular because uh, Passport Games is the company that produces it. A, a lot of the stock somehow ended up in goodwill in the St. Louis area. And I think I bought five or six copies of fool's gold for a dollar a piece and just handed them out like candy. Like play this game. It's really good. Play this game. It's really good. Did the people you give
1: <laughs> give it to agree with you?
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't follow <laughs> up. There was no, there was no quiz after I handed it out. Uh, oh,
1: I was, I was thinking like you give it, Gave it to uh, friends. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, but they're friends, but not necessarily friends I play games with all the time. Okay. Okay. Uh so that that's it's just it's just a great game and you could probably find it for like 5 bucks somewhere and it's definitely worth uh worth your time. Another game that I really enjoy is called Fish Frenzy. That's from a that's from a company called Crash Games, rest in peace. Um I think they had some bad luck business-wise and went out of business and had to sell their stock off at like just at low margins just to recuperate some of their uh, some of their money. So, a bunch of Fish Frenzy flooded the St. Louis market as well. And it's a fun little light bidding game where you're bidding fish on uh, you're you're bidding fish trying to collect these different fish cards and it's just it's a light little family game, but it's it's good, and I see it everywhere on sale all the time and just go pick up a copy. Do you have the chance to uh to play games that you haven't heard of very often?
1: Yes, mainly because I don't have my finger on the pulse of the industry as well as you do <laughs> <laughs> so, so every game's a surprise to you. <laughs> 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 Every game is a surprise to me whenever you live in ign- <laughs> in bliss.
0: <laughs> Ignorant bliss.
1: Yeah, whenever you show up to game night and someone's like, oh man, I finally got this game after kickstarting it three years ago. It At the time of the Kickstarter, it was the number three most backed game of all time. And I am was like, huh, never heard of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <Ooh>. fun, though. <laughs> uh. I guess I'm just in too deep. <laughs> but like I was saying uh, earlier, I think, I think every board game to a degree is. Uh, I think the the average, I think the average board game is probably underrated. I, I play a lot of games, and I'm usually pretty pretty surprised with how how good the games are. You only hear about huge blockbusters. Yeah. And our final segment of the day is mail time, where we answer questions from listeners like you. And this time, we actually have an email, and it reads, "Howdy, howdy, David and Michael. I have been a long-time fan of yours, all 13 episodes to be exact. Just to just to clarify, when uh, when our listener sent this email in, my question is." My question to you is, why isn't Zombicide in the top 100 games when it clearly deserves to be the number one game in the world? Kindly, your number one fan. Michael,
1: do you want to answer this question? Uh, Zombicide is trash. (laughs) (laughs) I I kid, there are plenty of fans of Zombicide out there. They like it, they're having fun. (laughs) What a delicate way to phrase it. (laughs) That's all <laughs> I have to say about that.
0: <laughs> uh. Uh. So, so I would say that Zombicide is an important game in uh, board gaming history. It really put, it really put the company Simon on the map, cool mini or not. Uh, it put them on the map. It proved that Kickstarter could have successful multi-million dollar campaigns for board games. And while I, I enjoy While I enjoy Zombicide, it is definitely a product of its time. Board games have gotten better in the decades since Zombicide came out. and That's why it's not in the number one spot. It doesn't deserve to be in the number one spot. Does it deserve to be in the top 100? Oh, gosh. Uh, Surely it deserves to be rated higher than some of those games in there, but there's other games that I would put in the top 100 first quantum for example
1: (laughs) underrated
0: (laughs) zombicide takes ages and it's got it's got your classic alpha gamer co-op problem where somebody's just telling you what to do all the time if if you've got a real bossy person in your group and you can get into situations that are just hopeless Early on in this
1: game It's really demoralizing But David, I thought you and your friends Were a bunch of betas And you wouldn't have an alpha gamer problem We are a bunch of betas But that
0: doesn't solve the problem of it taking Hours and hours to play I don't mind long games I don't mind long thematic games I just like long thematic games That are good Burn, Stuart <laughs> No, but Zombicide's fine it's it's fine. It's just not how I'd pre- I'd prefer to spend my time, uh, especially with a co op game. I'd rather play Gloomhaven. To me, that's much more thematic and fun and exciting,
1: and it lasts I'm half the time. Nearly as, not nearly as long.
0: And Gloomhaven's not a short game to play. <laughs>
1: the whole thing
0: the whole thing even individual sessions can be like two hours i guess that's true so to answer your question Stuart, it isn't up there because you got alpha gamer problems it's too long and a third reason because i set that up like i was gonna say something else
1: (laughs) (laughs) stuck the landing Well, it looks like we've come to the end of another podcast. Thank you all for listening. If you have any questions like Stuart did, feel free to email us at boardgamefamous at com. That's boardgamefamous at com. Want to hang out and play board games with us? Want to just, you know, talk? Shoot the, you know, whatever? Shoot, shoot, uh, shoot the crap. Dis- <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot the crap. Uh... <laughs> Uh, there's a link to our Discord down below. Want to see what games we're playing? Follow us on the socials. We've got an Instagram link also down below. Like this cool music that we're using? Link down below. As always, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Bye bye. Bye bye.